Hello and welcome to a brand new show. This is Under Review with Ethan Birch and Jeremy Goldstein. Under Review, meet VIC.org. Under Review is on its sixth episode recently on YouTube and Spotify. Yes, it will still be on YouTube and Spotify, but for now airing 10 to 10.30 here on VIC.org at the Ithaca College radio station. Once again, this is your co-host Ethan Birch and other co-host Jeremy Goldstein. Jeremy, how are we? I'm still a little exhausted from that Yankees Indian series. It's taken a toll not only on my mental health, but my sleep schedule. So, but we're recovering and I'm ready to talk sports for the next half hour. It is definitely great series. We have a lot to talk about. So just to preview what under review actually is me and Jeremy will be putting a topic, a statement, most likely such as we'll throw it back to what uh, episode one was. And it was the white Sox or world series contenders one of us will uphold one of us will reject and we will debate it so it's mostly a debating kind of show so both of us are very very excited to get into it so without further ado let's jump into the news part we start off with basic news and discussion so let's talk nba finals game one went to the lakers in domination do the heat at this point have any chance jeremy no, and I'll tell you why. I'm, I'm not disrespecting the Heat, and I'm not disrespecting the progress they've made. They've played a really good, uh, pro- they really good. They played really good productive basketball in the playoffs in this bubble as a whole. But when you have Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic suffering injuries, they're both ruled out for Game Two, and you have Jimmy Butler who's clearly playing through injury. You're not at your best, and those are pretty much your three core guys that are going to provide the most scoring for you. Tyler Hero had a minus 35, I think, last night, so even he wasn't effective against the. The Lakers. So despite with all these injuries and crew, I think the Lakers are just the better and well-run team. The Heat have years for, the, for for years to come. They're going to be contenders, but I don't think this is their season, unfortunately, to win it all. As an underdog, they snuck into the finals, to mm-hmm. say the least. They weren't expected to win, but obviously you said they played very respectable basketball, and they were very good, but this Lakers team is just so much, so much more talented, so much more better. And there's no real way around that. They have the two best players in the league, probably and Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And just those two guys are making everyone else on the court just better. KCP and Danny Green played well. They combined for 24 points, better than what they've been doing all playoffs. To be honest, they both haven't played up to par recently, but they get the job done in game one of the finals. And uh, we're got it that Goran Dragic isn't returning to the finals do we do we know yet? he might be returning later in the series I think it depends on how far he goes but even if he does return Ethan it's a bad foot injury he suffered it's mm-hmm. definitely it's going to keep him out for a couple of games so even if he does return even if it's in game seven if it, if it even gets that far which I really don't think it will he's not going to be the Goran Dragic he'd have gotten all season so at what point does it become worth it? And when does it become not worth it to have a guy come in? Because he, if, if you play hurt, you could be hurting your team if you're not 100%. So I yeah, think the right. Heat are just, they, they really just became a mess at the worst time. But if you're a Heat fan, I know the series does not look bright, but you should definitely be really proud of where your team is right now because they've really shown that they have a bright future ahead. Oh, no doubt. And the series is not over by any means. It's only one I, nothing. I, I think but, it is, but, but yes, of course, you have that in the back of your mind that, this is the Lakers. This is LeBron James. He's hunting number four, and he's on a mission. He plays like he's on a mission, and him and Anthony Davis are just borderline unstoppable. But regardless, shout-out to the Heat for a great season. They took the East as underdogs. Um, nothing else to say. 
great job by the Heat. So let's move on. Me and Jeremy are actually both big Giants fans. So every week we'll be previewing the Giants game, even though it's not looking too bright. <laughs> oh, boy. So yeah. as we head into week four, the Giants stand at 0-3 after the worst possible loss they could have put together against the San, a beat-up San Francisco 49ers team. Jeremy, let's talk about what are their odds this week. I prefer not even to mention last week. They're playing in L.A. against the Rams. Do the Giants have a shot of getting putting together their first win of the season? I mean, who probably not. There's the Rams are a good, a good offensive and defensive team. They're just very they're they're, they're not insanely good at one category. They're just very balanced and, and productive in both on both sides. I know Cam Akers is out, but uh, Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson will will be a good running back duo. And the Giants, there, there's there's three problems that I can identify. One. Clueless penalties. When the Giants were able to tie the game at six six, when they were when they were playing good defense in that first half, they had the Niners on third and twenty two, and Darnay Holmes had a stupid illegal contact penalty. They gave him an automatic first down, and they ended up scoring a touchdown. The second problem is they don't score touchdowns offensively. Daniel Jones, he has flashes of good play, and I appreciate that, but he he, never, he often can't finish a drive. And my third concern is I think it's time of possession. Uh, last game, the, the Giants only had seven minutes of, of on-field time in on, with the offense. Seven minutes in the first half. You're going to tire out your defense. The defense played so well in that first half, but by the time the second half came around, they were gassed. So if you can stay on the field and score, you, you, you provide opportunity for your team to succeed. But right now, I think this is a new team. And while I'm not close to ready to give up on the coaching staff, they need to really get this team's chemistry together because that's how they're going to start winning football games. I couldn't agree anymore. It's just a mess right now. You know, the offense came in locked and loaded this year. So many guys to throw to for Jones. He's got the, one of the best running backs in football to hand the ball off to. And all of a sudden, everything collapses. And now you borderline have a running game. And well, yeah. Daniel Jones hasn't – He's as you said, he has flashes of being very good. But the turning over of the football is just – atrocious getting stripped losing the football in the pocket and then some of the pets he throws some beautiful footballs and then he just throws the worst footballs and he needs to figure out what what kind of quarterback he really is because think, he can run the ball very well too we've seen him he run he ran very well last week mm-hmm. it's just the flashes of bad and good are the ratio isn't adding up for the new york giants and against a team like the rams there's a small room forever well, here's the deal with Jones. I think this season, I know it's been a small sample size of three games, and who knows how long the season's going to last. I know the Titans are struggling with COVID right now. But I think Jones's fumble ability, or his fumble problem, excuse me, has improved. He's sort of been getting around in the pocket a lot better and turning into scrambles. But the interceptions, last year. the interceptions, it seems like more of a problem for him this season so far. I know it's still early. But against the Niners at the end of that first half, he had a bad interception against the Steelers, the Bears. He had, I think sometimes he just wants to get rid of it. And he's just, he doesn't he needs to learn to away. control himself because he gets rid of the ball a lot quicker than most quarterbacks. And sometimes he just feel, I think he feels rushed sometimes. And sometimes mainly you feel because like of the his receiver line. will make a play when, like, he threw it right to the Niners linebacker last week. Uh-huh. He, the, the receiver no was excuses. behind him. No like, excuses. No, I understand. Like the offensive line is really struggling. The receivers, you, ha- you don't have Sterling Shepard right now, who's been a solid number one for a couple of years. There's a lot going wrong with the Giants. But if Daniel Jones wants to prove, because I think the leash might be short. You really, because the Giants want to improve now. They want to win now. Gettleman's has a seat. Has a he's, he's on the hot seat. So if if, if 
Daniel Jones wants to prove that he's going to be the guy for the next decade plus, he needs to be smart with what he has and just not try to do too much. There's really no way around that because now without a pretty much a struggling running game with now Deion Lewis and Devontae Freeman back there, Freeman barely played, but I'm sure he'll work, his he'll, uh, yeah, workload will up. increase as it goes. But Daniel Jones is going to really need to step it up for the Giants to win a couple games this year. <laughs> if not, we'll be, we'll be sitting at another – Another will be our most exciting night of the year will be draft day again. So, (laughs) but anyway, the giants, my prediction we'll make our picks this week. I don't think we have yet. Yeah. Well, they'll be on the Instagram soon. We'll under at under review underscore under, under, Oh, it's the Instagram is at under underscore review. VIC. (laughs) It's a very tough, it's a tough, that's, that's a tongue twister without a doubt. And, um, so let's move on. The uh, oh so as I, I before we move on my predictions I was gonna say this is the first week I will not be taking the Giants because I'm actually trying to beat you Jeremy now I've taken the Giants all three weeks <laughs> I haven't I said I was going the record to do it yet. I said I was gonna do it but I'm just gonna take the Rams I'm kind of well, I took the Niners last week I was smart and I'm definitely taking the Rams this week I'm in a I'm in a survivor pool that I do for fun if if like obviously there's it's it's, it's for fun it's a for fun thing if I was going if I still had I picked the Rams week too if I still had them this week I would have absolutely used them. <laughs> who's the who's the pick of the week the uh the I, I got the first the Jets. I, no see i would have if they had driscoll still playing even though because even though it's him but with a new quarterback like at least the jets have a quarterback who's played before it's just, the, the, that thursday night game is going to come down to who's worse <laughs> like who's yeah it really is these thursday night games got brutal but i my pick of the week is the saints over the lions that's my i'm actually pick. in a survival pool too it's two strikes though last year mine's two my strikes dad runs well. it my dad runs it. Last year, me and my dad were the only two guys left, and he beat me. Well, my yeah, my uncle runs mine. So yeah, so family members. I took the I took the loss week one. I I picked the Eagles over really? the Washington Redskins. I so. had the Stupid Raiders. Thing. I had the Raiders over the Panthers week one. Mm-hmm. I had the the Rams over the Eagles week two. I got the Bucks over the Broncos week three, and now I have so I'm three and zero. Oh, I have the Saints over the Lions week four. I never like going with the upset pick. The, I mean, oh, not no. the upset. I never like going with the big, big pick, like oh, okay. the obvious one. Yeah. So, I mean, last year was a lot easier because you just picked any team that was either playing against the Bengals or the Dolphins. Okay. I mean, we're going to get into baseball soon. But the last point, last season when I did this, I lost week one pretty much. And I just ended up giving up because the, the Lions tied. Oh, yeah. That's not a win. Yeah, you're right. That happened uh, last week with the Eagles and the yeah, Bengals. Yeah. And, and you picked them. It's not a win. You're out. Exactly. All right, so let's move on to baseball. We'll get to our topic of discussion in just probably around five minutes. But let's talk about a little bit what's going on. We'll actually probably stick with New York just because the shortage of time. These aren't hour-long episodes. They're just 30. So you're just listening to us from 10 to 10.30. So let's recap the Yankees and Indians. Oh, what a series between those two guys. I know Jeremy was stressed all week because of it. But the Yankees pulled out two incredible wins, an unlikely offensive explosion against Shane Bieber, the triple crown, most likely Cy Young, maybe even MVP of the AL. A classic start to the game. LeMahieu pokes one into right and Judge rips a home run over the right center fence mm-hmm. on a fastball right down Main Street. It was just the beginning for the Yankees. Cole had the best start as an AL pitcher in playoff history. He's the first player to ever strike out 13 without walking one batter in an AL playoff game. Something that is crazy to hear has never happened. But Jeremy, I know you're geeking to tell me. Let's hear. Let me hear it. The funny thing about that Cole start is in Game Two, the Yankees and Indians broke a playoff record or tied a playoff record for most yeah. walks in a game. There were 19 walks. 19. I saw that. Game one. Game one was really 50. fun. Oh, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry for interrupting or speaking. No, over you're good. Other. You're good. Keep going. Game one was a slugfest of no, non, no stress whatsoever. And the Yankees, four pitches in, you're up to nothing. And basically they didn't look back. The Yankees never trailed the whole game pretty much. And that was, that was nice. Game two. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's, it's long story short. Uh, look, I, I know you felt differently than me. I was really upset with how the MLB handled the weather. Mm-hmm. They basically, it's so the game started, it was supposed to start at seven. Just 50, 50 minute delay. Nothing happens on the, there's no rain. And then when they start playing, Carrasco comes on, gets the Yankees one, two, three. And then when Tanaka comes on, it starts torrentially downpouring. Like really bad winds are really strong. Rain is going wild. And Tanaka clearly can't get his best stuff and he gives up a run. And so it's, I, I was a little upset about Listen, that. And it's, then, it's disappointing, but at the end of the day, obviously the delay didn't come through, but the Major League Baseball, but the MLB, they, they have to be better torrential about Torrential downpour as soon as, yes. They okay. have to be better about In, in a way, yes, yes, you're right. They have to be better, but it's not the MLB's fault that it started torrentially downpouring. But they had it on the radar. On my weather cover. app. On my weather app, it's literally said rain for the next two hours, and they, they just decided to play? I didn't get it. They put on the tarp five minutes after that. I know the top the tarp was only on for like 10 minutes though. So uh, yeah, after that Taka comes back, clearly he wasn't ramped up and he gave up three more. And I, I literally thought it was going to be game three or whatever. Stan comes up with a clutch home run, Stan Homer. And then Yankees get, thank you Delano to Shields because I don't think the Yankees win that game without his slip in center field and on Aaron Hicks to hit a triple. They get the bases loaded for Gio Urshela with no one out. And they bring in, the rookie uh, stud, James Karinchak, in his first postseason appearance. And you can tell, this guy's like bobbling the baseball. He's, he's nervous. He can't settle in. Can't settle he's in. This nervous. guy throws heat. They compare him to Mo Vaughn from that, that baseball movie where mm-hmm. the guy throws heat, whatever, wild thing, the Charlie Sheen's actor. I, I can't remember the movie for some reason. And Gio Rochelle, this is, this is the moment I want. If you're going to take one thing away from this pod, from this episode, this is the greatest baseball moment. I was studying this. So basically, Urshela takes a fastball strike. I think it's four straight breaking balls from Karen Chak. And Karen Chak's a fastball pitcher. Three of them, he was able to take one of them. He couldn't hold it up. Three, two. Urshela probably, he's sitting fastball because that's Karen Chak's best pitch and he couldn't throw a strike. So I think Urshela knew, look, he's going to go for the strike. Rips to left field, grand slam. I mean, just a bounce back game. Yankees were trailing. The bullpen wasn't there. But then Urshela saves more runs in that bottom of the eighth inning. Diving double play, stellar. Def- He's the MVP of the game. Week by Gio Urshela, insane play. He himself a night in a stadium where he was traded away from just two years ago. Yeah, revenge tour by Gio Urshela. Yeah, and then, and then the Yankees got him from the Blue Jays for cash considerations, two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> Think about so, that. And then Brad Hand, so Yankees down nine eight. Brad Hand comes into the game. Hasn't 16 for 16 on saves all year. Walks Stanton. Urshela on an 0-2 pokes a single up the middle, like poked it. Like Glaber Torres, chopper to Brad Hand. He can't handle it. And then it <laughs> jumps off the mound. And then he gets to, that was ridiculous. Borderline bases loaded, no one out. Gardner strikes out. And then I got really nervous because Sanchez strikes out in these situations all the time. And he at had a big home run earlier. At battle of the night. Didn't try to be the hero, just got the ball in the air. Got got a got the man home. Got got Talkman who was pinch running home, and then Lemayhu, as Barstool Eric Cubs likes to say, death taxes and DJ Lemayhu with runners in scoring position. Like incredible game, Yankees win. Alex Rodriguez said, uh, 
if Aaron Boone could handpick one batter to hit in that situation, it's DJ LeMahieu. And Always. DJ LeMahieu comes up 0-2, 0-2 swinging, ground ball up the middle, drives home the run. Also, Chapman looked very good. Two innings, yeah, four that strikeouts. Was really, he looked awesome in the night. satisfying. Yeah. Very satisfying by Aroldis Chapman. Yankees are swinging into the next series with momentum as we will swing into our topic of discussion. Under review today is the Tampa Bay Rays will be moving on to the ALCS. And personally, DS. I will uphold. ALDS, but yes. Well, no, the ALCS, whoever wins it. This is the oh, ALCS. yeah. I thought you said they're playing AL- ALCS. My bad. I okay, no, you're good. So uh, what is your ruling on the field? I'm going to say the Yankees end up moving on. And I'll let, do you want me to start? Yeah, give an, right, so give an opening statement. The, the Rays could absolutely win the series, but and I know the Rays had the 8-2 chokehold all on the Yankees during regular season. But keep in mind, the Yankees have had their hot streaks during regular season, but never like this. Like, they came out against a Cy Young pitcher, offensive implosion, explosion, not implosion, I'm sorry. And then the will, that was, the, I think that comeback last two nights ago was the best comeback I'd ever seen from a Yankee team in two years. Okay, well, so, not not to mention a shooken up Cy Young winner who was very nervous in his first playoff game. But okay, but he came out. His manager said he was really nervous coming into this game, and he's facing a yes, he's facing a good lineup. But I mean, there's a lot of players in Major League Baseball that would have hit that 94 mile an hour fastball. So, you, judged so it you're blaming the, the fact. So you're blaming the whole game on Shane Bieber being nervous and not the Yankees' offense. If Shane Bieber comes out confident. And deals seven shutout innings, then yes. I, I but we aren't debating. We aren't debating the Indians. Versus, we aren't debating the Indians versus the Yankees. It's the Rays. It's the Rays versus the Yankees, and that's why the Rays are the best team in the AL. There's no surrounding that point. Yes, the Yankees are coming in momentum, but so are the Rays. They just beat up the, the Blue, Blue Jays, Jays. Oh, and they deserve to play brutal. the Blue Jays. They their put together a massive ring. It doesn't matter. They, they started okay. Matt Schumann. They put so, AJ Cole in the game. The, in, the Indians? No, it doesn't matter. They deserved to play the Blue Jays. They're coming in momentum. They swept 2-0. They didn't make the series interesting at all. And now they're, they're two teams colliding with momentum right now. And realistically, this goes to the better team. So let's break this down. Game one. Already Garrett Cole got the nod. Garrett Cole is the game with Blake Snell. Blake Snell. I know Tyler. No, no, no. I, I, I think the Yankees will take game one. It's only oh, five yeah, games. Okay. Series. I think without a doubt, the Yankees take game one. Garrett Cole in the playoffs is unreal. But so you you have to start Garrett Cole regardless, because then you get him for game five if it goes. Yeah, exactly. So then what we think from the Rays is you. So throw I don't even know if you can get him for game five. I think it's five straight days of play. It is, but he'd be on short rest and they would still pitch him in game five. They, absolutely. Yeah. They would They'd have ramp to. Him up. They would have to. He's so you down the line. So you go. Snell versus Cole, most likely, unless they want to start with Morden. But at the end of the day, you also want Snell I, so you could get him for game five. Here, as somebody who's watched Yankees Rays all season, if the Rays are going to save a pitcher for the Yankees, it's Tyler Glass. Now, Glass has dominated that lineup twice. You so you think they go? I think they still go him too. I if they're gonna if if if, they, if they're gonna try to prevent any any Cole Garrett Cole victory, they're gonna use Glass now because Glass now is Snell had once very good start against the Yankees, but Glass now I think pitched two or three times against them and was very successful. Yeah, also, I kind of rather a righty face the Yankees lineup just because they're yeah, right oh, yeah. power hitters. But 
I still think up and down this Rays starting pitching is just unbelievable. Led by Snell, you got Glasnow, Charlie Morton. Those are Morton's three been guys. Bad this season, he's been injured and on and off the IL. Oh, he's ready and, now. And he's playing, but he hasn't been productive he's when he's been has in the playoffs. Played. He's been in the playoffs before. Right, he's been in this situation. He's pitched you, against the Yankees. Before. Let me express my problem though. He'll pitch game three. All he needs to pitch is one game. Listen. I know they've been solid throughout the regular season. You can't sit here and tell me that Pete Fairbanks and Ryan Thompson are going to carry a bullpen here against the Yankees lineup. They have the best bullpen in Major League Baseball, Jeremy. I, I don't Bay believe Rays the are playoffs the are a different top. animal. The playoff. Pete uh, it, Fairbanks. This is the best. Ryan Thompson. They lost Nick Beak. They Anderson. lost Alvarado. Nick Anderson. Anderson's a stud. Anderson's a stud. Five, five. But you can't tell me with with losing Jalen Beak, Aaron Loop, Diego Castillo. They've lost. They've lost. Also lost. What's his name? Chaz Rowe. They've lost Yanni Chirinos. There's already five guys in this bullpen that I can name that will shut down the Yankees. Shut Is five down? guys not enough? The Yankees have hit Castillo. The Yankees have a very good track record on Diego Castillo. Okay, still they could get still five guys that have been very good this season. Diego had a one point six six ERA this year. That's nothing to mess okay. around with. When he needs to get three outs in a guy walks game. a lot of batters too. Okay, so say in a, in all when the, if this series goes the Rays way, like I'm predicting, like I'm debating, and it very well could. I'm not get, saying it won't. They they can get six to seven innings out of all three of their top guys in games one to three. They go bullpen game in four, even if they start Ryan um, Yarbrough. I don't know how to pronounce his last Ryan name. Ryan Yarbrough. Yarbrough. Yeah, he's he's good. Here's he's good. He's a good Yankees four guy. Dominated him. Here's 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 the key to the Yankees though, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting. You can you can build off what I say because I'm because this is, it relates to it. If the I think that's why I'm confident the Yankees this series because after seeing what they did to Bieber and Carrasco, I'm confident that they it's can. Different animal. The race destroyed the Yankees this year. Destroyed. They went eight and two against them. Season is so different. In 2017, it's is it is it that different though? Is it? In 2018, during the regular season, when the Red Sox were the best team in the league by far, the Yankees had a very good regular season against the Red Sox. A very good regular season. They won the season series by a lot. And then the Red Sox came in and dominated them in the playoffs. Anything can change. I I don't like I using the regular that. season. I, I as understand a, as that, a, but just going down track record, they destroyed the Yankees in the regular season. They actually borderline gave them a chance in half their games. This is the best pitching in baseball up and down. If you consider starting starting really, rotation and bullpen, those are the two best combinations on, on in paper. Baseball. Yes. But I trust guys exactly, like Cole. Yeah, I trust Tanaka. Life. I trust Cole and Tanaka more than I would trust Snell and Glasnow in a playoff series. That's just how it goes. Because Cole and, Tanaka, Cole and Tanaka have very good playoff ERAs. Well, Glasnow has pitched one game and lost that the game. Rays he five actually, runs to the he five runs to the Astros in Game Five last year. Can I tell year. you why the Can I tell you why Tanaka is not going to have a good series against the Rays? Why is oh because because they've hit him well this year and G Man Choi yeah all that. Not stuff. even that the Rays hit baseballs much much better when it's under 95 miles per hour three out of the four guys starting in this starting in this playoffs for the yankees throws under that i know debbie garcia sits 94 95 but that's just around i, the I think he'll be more yeah, he'll hit under. start a game cole that's what i think four. cole will dominate cole will dominate there's no doubt in my mind cole in my opinion will win game one that's why they signed him they need that they exactly need those games. he's worth every penny when he pitches in october they signed him for october and they'll get his october money really really so, but those other guys, like, I just don't think they will fare. Nice phone, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's tough doing it on Zoom. Um, 
But regardless, I just think that the Rays will jump this. They have guys that have just been so hot in the playoffs and in the coming off the regular season. The Rays put a get together a massive regular season, and they have depth up and down pitching and hitting. So at the same time, like the I really after a really up and down season after that series, I really have a lot more trust in the Yankees offense. No, and my I, biggest, I don't doubt you. My biggest concern, crazy. my crazy. biggest concern, we cannot see Zach Britton like that anymore. And the Yankees need just, to be stellar. And it, it really stellar says something. It really, I, Adovino is out of Aaron Boone's circle of trust. Because uh, after the Yankees fi- bullpen isn't as good as people thought coming in. I know. Year. I think losing Tommy Kingley was really, really, uh, uh, really hard. painful. And I, I think if, if the Yankees are going to win the series, Boone is going to have to take a gamble on putting Aaron Adam Adovino back in, in back into the rotation because he was somebody they relied on a lot, and then had a struggle a little bit this regular season. But I think he's. I when Jonathan Loaiziga came into that game in the middle after Zach Britton and was garbage. He really almost choked Not that good. whole game for them. He's, he's kind well, of a good has like had him. good stints, but when he's not on, he is not on. And that's where the Rays will hurt you, especially when they got starters going after each other because the Yankees can get shut out realistically or held to one or two runs for six or seven innings. And by the time, most likely, when you're not facing cold, the pitcher's going to be out of the game at that point. And the Yankees can't afford to be having guys getting destroyed in a five-game series. It's best of five. This is way shorter than we think. I've oh, I actually, at first, I thought this was a best of seven because it felt like the uh, division series was just happening, but that was actually the wild card. It's only five games, and Here's- when you got it, when you got a team that has three dominant starters in the race, you got to give them the upper edge. I'm sorry. Here's my, here's my question for you, though. Okay. If the Yankees, did I just lose my train of thought? Here, okay. Okay. Here it is. If the Yankees are able to scratch five runs across. And they give it to the if they could if they can average five runs a game this series, do they end up winning? Well, yeah, because that's that would be getting to their starting rotation, it seems like. Right? I, I mean, five runs at the end of the game. Who are they scoring the runs? Are they oh, jumping here, and, Snell in the second inning? Kind of and then here and here's another question. I think a big reason why the Yankees won the Indian series is because of the patience. I think uh, one of the, the only ways the Yankees are going to need to take walks like they did last the last two games if they want to win. Make these pitchers work. That's that was the mindset they went into it's with Shane though. Bieber. It's different. Shane, Shane Bieber threw under twenty percent of his off speed pitches for strikes. The Yankees knew that. They sat fastball. They let the curveballs go. You have and they Tyler Tyler Glass now, who's going to start game one or two, heavy curveball pitcher. His primary pitch throws like ninety seven. He throws harder. Yes. He throws Bieber way throws harder hard. than Shane Bieber. Bieber still, way... Bieber still throws hard. He still throws no, a fastball. He, he does a ninety four mile an hour fastball. That's that's but it's four miles an hour slower. It's 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 ninety four like to ninety seven, ninety eight is a huge it's, difference. It's Glad like get Jay, up to I thought we we're talking about like Jay Happ, who throws like a ninety mile an hour fastball. That's what I'm referring to. Wait, that's, to that's not hard. Okay, yeah, that's not hard. But ninety four isn't that hard as well. When you get up to upper nineties, that's when it just. I think the Yankees hitters can sit fastball, and if they see a curveball, just lay it off. I mean, that's Glasnow the name. Glasnow does not throw it for strikes. He throws it in the dirt because it has such a high arc. You really can't and get he's it. Nasty, in the zone as often. And it's hard to yeah, see. He goes very straight hard. over the top, and he's I'm nasty. not. I, I'm not acting like it's easy because trust me, I strike out a hundred out of a hundred times against Tyler Glass. We all. We, we all. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I just think that overall, we're coming up to our final statements. It looks like we got two minutes left in our show. And Ethan's getting a lot of texts, so he's got to reply to all of them. Clearly. <laughs> just, <laughs> um, <laughs> wrapping up. Coming up on our final statements, I just think 
this is going to be the great. It's going to be a great series, regardless. I think winner of this ends up taking the AL and heads to the World Series. I can World agree series. with that. I, I think no team that. matches up. And listen, if the Yankees win, which we have a lot of these debates where we won't be surprised if I'm right or you're right. Like either way, I, this is one of them. It's also <laughs> it's really a realistic all of them because I'm a New York, I'm a New York Mets fan. Obviously, if you've listened to the podcast before, and I root for New York baseball, I'm going to be rooting for the Yankees. But realistically, I think my prediction is the Tampa Bay Rays win this. You're I think root they're for the best the Yankees? team. Yankees. I'm shocked. In inner part, I just don't like Yankee fans. I know so honest. many Mets fans who are rooting for the Yankees. I've always rooted for the Yankees internally. Really. Yes, I, I like I like I like when New York succeeds because it doesn't happen a lot. But realistically, I I, um, if, I couldn't root for the Jets. Like I hate. Oh, the Jets. not the Jets, not the Jets, not the Jets. But also, the Jets just don't get to that opportunity anyway. So, my um, one more final statement from me. Yeah, I'll give you. I'm giving you credit for the Reds saying they're not going to make it far. That offense was abysmal, and you called it. They didn't score a single run. Thank you. Off Braves pitching, so <laughs> they were they were not you. good. Pitching was nasty. Castillo was nasty. I told you that the Braves Bauer was nasty. Was, oh, you're right. You're right about that. Zero, zero runs. Right zero runs in 22 innings. The Reds should be ashamed of themselves. That's not awful. Acceptable. Terrible. I don't care Terrible. who you're facing. You have to score a run. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but final statements. I'm gonna go with the Tampa Bay Rays as winning this series and moving on. But if the what? Yankees win, I also won't be surprised. And I also hope they face the Astros and beat up the Astros because that would be also a lot of fun. But Jeremy, final statements regarding this ALDS series as you rejected the, the call. The, I think the Yankees win in five. Garrett Cole will pitch on short rest in game five and secure the win. I also have Davey Garcia in a, down in a one-two hole, the Yankees, coming up clutch and making a really good start. And then they, and then they pass the torch back to Cole. But obviously, again, seriously go either way. But I'm confident in, in my favorite team, the New York Yankees, to pull this one out. And then hopefully they'll make the World Series after that. But I this think, is a great episode. I think the Rays are going to have to go four games. I don't think they could get to game five and win. It's not good. Goal. No sweeps. Yeah. Zero. We can agree mm-hmm. on that. No sweeps. All right. But thank you for listening to our first episode on VIC.org. You can catch this episode also on Spotify and YouTube. Once again, thank you for listening. This is Ethan Birch and Jeremy Goldstein. And have a good weekend. Mm-hmm.